0: Hey, I'm the producer of Not What You Think, Laura Briley. You're listening to the podcast. If you haven't heard them, there are four more episodes you can listen back to. One is on landfill, one on losing your memory for a day,
1: one on families of Muslim women in prison, and one on the ethics of queer sex. Look for them in your podcast app. This was a pilot episode. The show is presented by Zasha Rosen.
2: Hi, and welcome to Not What You Think. This is a show where we talk about stuff that's not in the media, that people aren't talking about that they should be talking about. And our first guest is Claire Holland. Claire is the director of FBI Radio, but she also has some other stuff she'd like to talk about she doesn't normally get to talk about in that role. Claire, what was it that you've been thinking about?
1: Well, I guess I've been thinking a lot about the idea of difference and what it means to be different. And yeah, the more that I've thought about it, I've, I've thought about, you know, why, why does it matter and, you know, how... Has my life been shaped by difference and, you know, what impact has it had on me? But also more broadly, what impact does this idea of difference have for how we kind of navigate the world?
2: When you talk about difference, what do you mean? Just different from other people or?
1: Well, yeah, as I've, I mean, as I've thought about this topic a little bit more, it's the idea of yeah any type of difference. I think there are people that think of themselves as different as a way to kind of, you know, reinforce their identity or, or reinforce how they believe they are in the world. But then there's also this idea of differences, people who in some way or another are not seen as normal are not seen as the things in society that we necessarily value. And so there are different types of difference. And I'm kind of interested in how those things overlap and what it means.
2: We've got Claire Holland in the studio. And one of the things she discovered relatively early on and kind of came to terms with later on is being a dag. And how did that happen for you? um well
1: I ha- I have a very vivid memory of the, f- the, the time when I realized that I was a dag. Um, I'd sort of grown up you know in a in a reasonably sort of normal suburban environment I went um, but I went to a school where for, for basically from kindergarten till year five I was in the uh, composite class so unbeknownst to me um, I spent my time with about, a dozen other um, people in my year who were all kind of—I now know probably quite daggy. We were quite smart. We uh, we didn't really know that there were another sort of fifty-five kids in our year. And then in year six, we um, they decided that they were going to kind of try and introduce um, the idea of high school into. Our lives, and so rather than having this composite class or two or three classes, they basically decided to put the whole year of about sixty kids together, and we would have classes where we swapped over, um, and you know, we so that we got to engage with everybody else, and it was sort of similar to that idea of high school. So for the first time in my school life, I sort of started to make friends with these other people in my year, Um, and and I met I met and made a whole lot of new friends, and I remember uh, the first. I remember distinctly the first Mufti Day, which so Mufti Day was when you could wear basically like rather than wearing your school uniform, you could wear whatever clothes you wanted. So we had our first Mufti Day. It was a school excursion. I can't remember where we were off to, but I arrived at school um, and I was wearing um, a Mudaburrasaurus T-shirt from Questacon. Um, And then I was also wearing a, a pair of striped, black and white striped board shorts, uh, and I think maybe a pair of apple pie sneakers.
2: These are all things that you thought were pretty cool.
1: I don't think I even thought about the concept of cool. I just, quest. I really like Questacon. My dad bought me a Matabarasaurus T-shirt. I didn't really think beyond that. Um, and I distinctly remember getting onto the bus um, for this school excursion and I saw all of these new friends that I'd made all wearing identical clothes they all um, well when i say identical they were just fashionable like they had these little kind of rara skirts on and basically everyone was wearing dresses as well, dresses or skirts as well and i remember looking at them and then them looking at me and i remember just like in my like 11 year old mind just going shit like shit i'm i'm a total dag like what am i going to do about this um and i remember just thinking okay i can either run, i can either hide from this or i can run with this and i just decided to act the clown pretend that nobody i just hoped that nobody would notice and yeah i think i kind of got away with it so yeah i think it's it's an interesting um you know and i laugh about it now but it is an interesting thing to kind of consider when you are confronted with this idea of being different, how you deal with that, and I think that um, you, there there are different options. One is that you um, try really hard to be normal, or the other is that in some way you kind of embrace that sense of perceived difference and you and you kind of you run with it. So, and and that, that that's
2: almost the kind of dichotomy, like the division that your parents came up with. And we might talk about that in a sec after this next song. Strong language coming up. the board, nothing with ice cream dreams. And we're in the studio with Claire Holland, who's telling us about something she reckons we should be talking about. And it's difference. And there were both your parents dealt with difference and they dealt with it in different ways.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting. My parents are now um, divorced. They've been divorced for quite a long time. But um, my mum uh, grew up, my mum and dad grew up in quite different environments. Um, my mum is um, Chinese and my dad is um, what we call Anglo-Saxon, a, a version of Anglo-Saxon. Um, but, yeah, when they got together, they got together in the early 70s um, and they, I remember at the time, and or speaking to my dad, um, he sort of said at the time it was still quite a big thing um, when they got together in Australia um, that, you know, I think even his parents were sort of worried about having a child of mixed race. And they went to London in the 70s and um, they spent some time there. And I think they were quite surprised or particularly my dad was quite surprised at the level of racism that was there at the time.
2: Could you give me an example of the sort of thing that surprised him? Uh,
1: I think, you know, they tell stories about the idea that you know, they'd be somewhere and they'd be in a queue and they'd go to, ser- you know, my mum would be the next person in the line to be served and the person would just ignore them and try to serve the person after them. And so I think it's interesting that, I mean, they were co- both quite young at the time, but I think what's interesting is that their how they interpreted that experience was really different. So my, um, my dad, I think he said that that was the beginning of him sort of developing a particular sort of, Politic- he, he essentially became politically more radical. Um, I think prior, you, you know, he realised that he felt that that kind of treatment of someone that he loved was completely wrong and I think he started to, you know, think that it was really important that people were treated equally and And I think whereas the reaction from my mum and my mum is sort of far more conservative um, both then and still to this day, I think, is the idea that she really wanted to fit in. So I think, you know, she didn't want to be conspicuous. She didn't want to rock the boat. Um, and as a consequence, it's uh, what's come out of that, I think, is kind of interesting is, yeah, how different people's experiences of being treated because of difference um, in form...
2: And I was also reading an author called Elizabeth Chan, who grew up as Chinese in Britain in the 80s, and yeah. she was saying one of the things that her parents really did is they didn't want to talk about racism because it was just so awful you wanted to pretend it didn't exist.
1: Yeah, I think it. Um, it, it it's harder when you are, I guess, the the person who is in some way being stigmatised. I think um, it, it is, you know, I think my dad talked, or I've talked about this idea with my dad where to some extent it's a luxury it's a luxury for him to be able to say that, you know, this matters and that this is wrong. It means that he's he's not the one that's necessarily being directly affected by that. And I think when you're the person that's in a position where you are being stigmatised by something that you can't, you know, choose whether it be your race or disability or whether you have a mental illness, I think it's, it's a different um, decision or process that you need to go through in terms of whether or not you want to sort of... Um, embrace that difference and, and, and how you kind of try and reconcile it. And, yeah, so I think it's it's kind of interesting that we have these choices and I, I think that I look at the impact that it's had for me and it means that I certainly, you know, fall in a position sim- more similarly to my dad, which is that I um, cert- look for and embrace and, and are open to difference as opposed to running away from it.
2: We might talk a little more about that after our next song, about where you found difference and how it excited you for the first time. And we've got a song coming up from FKA Twigs called Two Weeks. That was FKA Twigs with two weeks. And we're in the studio with Claire Holland, who's telling us about difference this week. That's the thing she'd like us to know about that we don't know about already. And you were saying that that you discovered that what you like in people is that they're different. Did you – like, you've told us about when you first discovered that you were different, or like the first time you noticed you were different to other people. Did you hit a point where you decided that maybe Australia was different to you and your friends rather than you being different to it?
1: I was just thinking about the idea of, I was, I was expecting you to ask me, do you think you're different? Um, and it's kind of interesting because I don't, like, in some ways, I don't really have any reason to feel all that different. Um, but I, I guess at the same time, like, I think back to, and so where is this, and so I think about where does this idea come from? Um, look, growing up, I guess my family environment was different to other people's, um, you know, being the sibling of someone with a sort of a chronic illness was not something that a lot of other people that I was growing up with experienced. Um, and so I guess in some ways that made me different right from the outset. Certainly my experience of the world was very different to that of what I saw on television Um, and to some extent my experience of the world was different to that of my peers at school.
2: Do you think it would have made a difference if you'd seen more people like your family on TV, people with with chronic illnesses or people from Chinese backgrounds or I guess people from radical political backgrounds like your dad?
1: I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to say. I, I... Possibly, you know, quite possibly. I think um, it, it would definitely, yeah, I mean, there weren't a lot of representations of people like me or people like my family. Um, and so, yeah, I think what ended up happening for me is that as a consequence it came back to that same idea and I, I don't think this was necessarily something I was conscious of at the time but I could either choose to try to be something that I increasingly felt that I was not. Or I could seek out people um, whom I felt were also in some way different um, and find some sense of community um, amongst those people. And so I think it's that thing where obviously I wasn't seeking or looking for people that had exactly that same experience as me. But I think what I ended up doing was definitely um, finding myself to drawn to people that were different um, and so as a consequence as a teenager I sort of you know started to hang out with people in different subcultures and people who I guess for me were for the first time proud of that idea of difference who sort of looked at how they might um, you know embody a certain identity and and to say hey I am not like the status quo and I and I love that and so, yeah, it was, it, for me, I think I realised as well that there is value in engaging with people and their life experiences and their stories. And so the interesting thing for me as a consequence, I think, is that, you know, of my of my growing up is that it's definitely given me a sense where I, um, my natural reaction is to kind of empathise or try to understand um, somebody who's different as opposed to kind of rejecting it.
2: And we might talk a little more about that in just a sec. We're going to go to a song from the Ravenettes. That was The Ravenettes and we're in the studio with Claire Holland who's telling us about something that she reckons we should be talking about and what we should be talking about according to Claire is difference and difference has made a huge, well, difference in your life. What do you reckon your life would have been like if you hadn't been drawn to different people? Would it have been as rich?
1: Definitely not. And I think that's the thing. I I think what's interesting is um, to think about... I think it's this idea that, you know, it is very important to form an identity and often that... Um, our ability to do that is hinged on defining ourselves as those things that we are not. But I think the consequence of that is that at times we sort of, we tend to therefore reduce people who are different into something that is rather simple. Um, And I think that certainly my life has been made richer by those people that I've met with. Um, disability my life has been made richer by those people that i've met with mental illness my life has been made richer by people who are questioning or challenging you know their sexuality um, i think yeah it and and it's about trying to carve out a space or find a way in which you can um, identify with a group of people i think that's an, i think this idea of whether or not you're defining yourself by being different or you're defining yourselves by not being different. The idea is that that we need to do that in order to find a sense of community and to find a sense of belonging. But I think that we need to also be mindful and careful of the impact that that has. So I think, you know, particularly in Australia, I think there we still have a level of um, racism here, and I think, as you say, people aren't necessarily comfortable talking about it. But as a consequence, I think that what ends up happening is that that racism is far more insidious. You know, I think there are these things where we need to talk about and we need to understand the function of difference in our society. We need to think about things like mental illness and realise that you know talking about these things and understanding these things absolutely does enrich our lives and look i think think you know one thing that i'm careful of in all these things that i'm talking about is to not romanticize this idea that you know difference is necessarily easy you know i think again it comes back to the idea that to some extent sometimes our capacity to identify as difference comes from maybe a whole bunch of soul searching, but sometimes also a position of luxury. I think for some people um, where the difference that they're confronting is, you know, far more stigmatised than others, um, it's still a daily struggle. But I think, yeah, I do think that we should be um, having these conversations about difference and I think we should be understanding um, what it means to classify someone as different.
2: So what do you think is a good way to start? So if somebody's listening to this and they're they're thinking, great, I want to go talk about difference and then they're like, where do I go next?
1: Uh,
2: Where where would you go next if it was just me asking you?
1: um, Where
2: Where would I go next?
1: Look, I think that what I would probably do is just have that conversation with somebody who is different. You know, I think it would be it's interesting and it's always challenging to have a conversation with that person um, that is different and to try to understand more about who they are and what their value is and how they can affect your life. Is that a good answer?
2: That'll do nicely. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming in today, Claire, and telling us about your idea and helping us record this pilot too. We really appreciate it.
1: No problem at all.
2: And we're going to go out now with a song from Dears called Castigadas en el Granero.